Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1126. This is part two of the Grand Rounds episode on technology. For part one, go to episode 1125. Today, Jenny Smith and I are continuing on with the Grand Round series. We're going to discuss technology in this two-part episode. In the first half, general overview of CGMs and pumps. And in the second half, different pumps, technology, and understanding the differences between them. Please don't forget that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. When you place your first order for AG1 with my link, you'll get five free travel packs and a free year supply of vitamin D. Drink AG1.com slash juice box. Don't forget to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com. All you have to do is use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. That's JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% at CozyEarth.com. If you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series, it runs between episode 1000 and 1025. For subscribers to the podcast, those episodes are ad-free. For everyone else, there's just a couple of ads. Episodes 1000 to 1025, the Diabetes Pro Tip series from the Juice Box Podcast. Today's episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. This is the meter that my daughter has on her person right now. It is incredibly accurate and waiting for you at contournext.com slash juicebox. If you're interested in checking out the Diabetes Pro Tip series, the Bold Beginnings series, or any of the series within the Juicebox podcast, there's two quick ways to find them. First, go to juiceboxpodcast.com. Go up into the menu and you'll see links for each of the different series. Pro Tips, Algorithm Pumping, after dark, etc. Click on them. There's a player in there to check them out, or you can use that player to see which episodes correspond and go find them in your podcast app. The other quick way is to go to the private Facebook group, click on the feature tab, and there there are lists upon lists of all the series. Jenny, it has been a week and we're back. Yay! Last time we kind of stopped in the middle, not really in the middle of the episode, we'd already recorded quite a nice episode already, but yes. we'd run out of time. Your schedule didn't allow. And you and I have just listened to the voice note that we, uh, that I left for us. So we're going to pick up by talking to doctors about why insulin pumps are so important for people. I think we should just start maybe at the misnomer that still exists, that a pump is just a way to avoid injecting and nothing else. Yeah, that's a great way to start. I'd certainly not it takes the place of injections, but it is not a one-for-one -one conversion by any means. Mm -hmm. There is a major difference between injections. Even the smarter injection devices that we have today, 100% difference when you change to an insulin pump. It's a really strong way to assist somebody in improving management just because of the much more, I guess, in, in general, just the much more precise dosing that you are offered with an insulin pump. Yeah, you have fine control over basal insulin, extending boluses, creating, you know. Patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can, a little, here, here's the, I think a great example is that, you know, if you experience a fat rise after a meal with fat in it, 
you push a button again to give yourself more insulin or you tell yep. it, hey, 90 minutes from now, I'm expecting a rise. Let's put some in here. You're not coming back at somebody with a with a needle again. And I know it feels like, oh, see, you're just saying I'll avoid having to inject. But that's not it, really. It's the psychological no. part of it that people won't remember to do that. Or if it comes to, well, I have to do it to inject, they may just avoid it. And in one of one of two ways of avoidance there, that's a good thing to bring in. It's either they'll avoid doing it kind of resulting in sustained high blood sugars because they're just avoiding taking 10 injections a day versus the four that they were told were necessary, mm-hmm. despite them knowing better. Or secondly, they may actually go the route of just avoiding additional food that may be necessary. I just interviewed a lady the other day that said that her newly diagnosed son changed his eating patterns and she couldn't figure out right away what was happening. And then it hit her that she'd say, are you hungry in moments when she knew he was hungry? And he'd say, no, thank you. And then he'd kind of like sulk away, but he was just trying to avoid injecting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it is a not only from the standpoint of injecting more, there are people absolutely who that's their desire is just to manage with an injection and to yeah. do it multiple times a day. And they're they're fine. fine and they do right. a wonderful job. But then there are the people who could do so much better by having the precision instead of the the smallest dose really is about a half a unit, unless you really eyeball on a syringe and hmm. assume you're getting a quarter of a unit, which is again not very precise. But you know, the precision of a pump to be able to deliver for somebody who is ultra sensitive to insulin, it's not there with injections. Yeah. Yeah. Where my concern comes is that if a doctor were to tell you the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter is sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box podcast, and it's entirely possible that it is less expensive in cash than you're paying right now for your meter through your insurance company. That's right. If you go to my link, contournext.com slash juice box, you're going to find links to Walmart, Amazon, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Kroger, and Meyer. You could be paying more right now through your insurance for your test strips and meter than you would pay through my link for the Contour Next Gen and Contour Next test strips in cash. What am I saying? My link may be cheaper out of your pocket than you're paying right now, even with your insurance. And I don't know what meter you have right now. I can't say that. But what I can say for sure is that the Contour Next Gen meter is accurate. It is reliable, and it is the meter that we've been using for years. Contournext.com slash juicebox. And if you already have a contour meter and you're buying test strips, doing so through the Juicebox podcast link will help to support the show. Even as they're handing you a pump, if they were to tell you, this is great, now you don't have to inject anymore and make it feel like all we've done is take away like times you're getting poked, it takes your brain away from thinking, that this thing could do other stuff for me. Like, do you know what I mean right. by that? Yes. You neglect to mention that if you get low every night at 2 a.m., we could turn your basal back at 12.30 a.m. to stop the low from happening at 2, which if you're injecting basal insulin is not a thing you could do. Even just Correct. think about that small idea. Instead of messing with, 
oh, maybe we should, you know, shoot the basal insulin an hour earlier. Let's do it at night instead of during the daytime. Let's try 20 units instead of 21 units. Like instead of going through all that, you just go, oh, I get low every night at 2 a.m. I'll just take away some basal and see what that does. It's, it's mm-hmm. magical. But if the doctor puts in your head, oh, it's just a replacement to stop you from having to get poked so much, I think you don't wonder what else it could possibly do. Right. That's not me guessing. That's me having talked to so many people who have retold me that story. So Right. And I think it also goes along with the lack of explanation of the pluses or smart features, let's call them, on today's pumps, even conventional versus the newer kind of algorithm and whatever that is out there. My self-example really is before I switched to a pump, I was taking a basal insulin that required me to have a snack before I went to bed. Mm-hmm. If I did not, I was low by three o'clock in the morning. I was. Every day. And if I changed every night, and yep. if I changed my, it was worse with exercise and everything. If I changed my dose of the basal insulin, it messed other things up that mm-hmm. were not great. And so again, it brings in, because food is such a center of diabetes management, it brings in the precision of a pump means that you're not feeding insulin that shouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I didn't want to have to have a snack at night. Most people don't want to have to nibble and snack when they don't want to or have to have very kind of timely meal intake to offset the action of a bolus of insulin or their basal action or whatever it is. As you said, if you can navigate those pump settings mm-hmm. to accommodate for high need times or low need times, you've got something that can take care of that need to feed. The insulin. Yeah. I want to say too, to empower somebody to make adjustment, uh, make adjustments to their insulin through their pump is, would be huge. I can't possibly tell you how many people live months at a time waiting to get back to the office where let's be honest, if you're listening and you're a doctor, you're throwing darts at a wall going, I don't know, try this, you know, like turn it this way, see what happens. How are you supposed to, and but, but that's no shade on the right. doctor. How are they going to know? from a couple of graphs, what happens, you know, it's ridiculous. And then it right. puts the doctor in a position of trying to pretend they know what's happening, which then just makes you look bad in the long run. And it leaves the person in a in a position where they're never doing as well as they could be. And you could end up turning a knob in March that's even worse, and they don't come back till April, May, June, like, you know what I mean, till, till the spring. Correct. And these people don't feel like a thing I hear the most from people about the podcast is it gave me the courage to try something. Yes. People should and to not, try something specifically with the main control factor of diabetes, which is insulin. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And and my point is, is that doctors should be encouraging that. Like you can't sit there and tell people, like, on one hand, wow, you're gonna know more about this than I do in six months, but don't do anything till you come see me. Right. You know, it's weird mixed messaging and it freezes people and it leaves them with higher or lower blood sugars. Either some people are eating their like crazy trying to keep their blood sugar up. You just made that example. Like if I adjusted an injectable basal insulin, okay, I didn't get low anymore at 2 a.m., but all day long I'm 45 points higher than I want to be. You know, so it's not a fix. It's a anyway. And none of that's necessary. And if you're listening to this and thinking it is. It's not. Plenty of people live with lower stable blood sugars that don't create crazy lows and, and, and huge spikes all the time. 
So. Absolutely. And I think that is really, it kind of goes along with the fact of teaching people about their pump in the right way, mm-hmm. right? If you're recommending a pump, you've got a, a patient, you've started on a pump, you're getting them going. Their education needs to go beyond the basic of filling it with insulin, putting the tubing on or slapping on, you know, the pod device or whatever and hitting go. And it just starts delivering insulin. Yeah. That's not teaching. That's just learning how to use a device, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There, There's so much more to learning because again of the smart features, even the simplest smart features like a temporary basal rate, when to use it, why to use it, how long to use it for before actually making true set adjustment. Mm-hmm. When you're using an extended bolus, right? A square wave or a dual wave type of bolus. Those are advantages in the aftermath of food or coverage for different types of, you know, different types of intake. And you can't do that as precisely with injections unless you're willing to be the person to give multiple, multiple injections to cover that type of intake. Right. I want to say that plenty of people that I've met manage amazingly on MDI. Yes. That they understand how insulin works and when they need it. That's that. Like, you you and I used to talk about this all the time. People would come to us and say, hey, the pro tip series is so like for people with pumping. Can't you do more for people with MDI? And I'd say, oh, it's the same thing. I said, you just when you hear me say pump, think needle. And if you hear me mm-hmm. say extended bolus, go, oh, I can't do that. I'll have to inject again. Like that's the difference, really. But if you don't know that, Jenny, if you're the doctor and you don't know that, and then someone comes in and says, hey, every night at 3 a.m., I get low, but I changed my basal and it didn't work. I'm still getting low mm-hmm. at 3 a.m. Now I'm getting high at, you know, 5 a.m. I don't know what's going on. The doctor's going to be like, oh, they tried turning the basal down. That didn't work. They're going to skip right over the idea about timing of insulin, which is why we talked about it so much in the other episode, because it's all about timing. And I don't regardless of the delivery method. No, right. It doesn't matter how you're putting it it in. It's the timing of the insulin. Mm -hmm. There's not much of a parallel about how basal works when it's injected versus basal works through a pump. They're pretty different. They, They accomplish the same thing, but they're not manipulatable by the user at all. That's it, really. Like, and right. and by the way, stop giving people basal insulin that was invented twenty years ago when there's stuff that works a lot better. If they're going to be on MDI, at least give them modern basals that that have longer coverage and actually make it not just twenty four hours. And are hours. more stable. Yes, there's yes. stability. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how much time I spent while Arden was on Levamir, wondering what the hell was happening. When the truth was, this 11 mirror wasn't lasting 24 hours. It doesn't. No. no. I mean, no. a year and a half maybe of my life, just staring at a wall and thinking about running my head through it, trying to figure out what was going on. Then one day somebody said to me, oh, you should split that. I was like, why wouldn't somebody have said that to me sooner? I'll give her half now and half 12 hours from now. Work great. That was it. Right. Yeah. So, and that's timing. That's insulin timing. It is. It's insulin timing and it's also based, you know, the kind of insulin. I think that's another place to to navigate within whether you're multiple daily injection, but definitely if you're on a pump is we're talking about basal insulin here. The understanding from a practitioner that you still need to really recommend and have the person understand they need to have a basal insulin as a backup, right? Because mm-hmm. we're talking about technology. Technology can and at times will fail. And you have to have that backup as an injectable in case. But I think it also is really important to explain that once you're on a pump, 
that basal insulin gets put in the fridge with a label that says, do not use unless pump fails. I've had a number of people over the years who couldn't understand the concept that the pump was going to do the basal and the bolus delivery, but with one kind of insulin in the pump. Are you going to tell me they put two different insulins into the pump? They did not, but they thought that they still needed to take oh, they their were basal shooting injection basal. Oh, 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 oh. along okay. with their pump. And, oh. the, you know, I mean, got, clearly you clear that up very quickly, et cetera. I mean, mm. it all goes into proper information and proper education from the get-go. Right. You know, there's a checklist of things that definitely, I told them this, I took care of this, 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 and this. I, they're all really important pieces that I think they sort of either get missed, but I don't think from, I don't think it's a miss because they mean to miss it. Okay. All right. Wow. That's interesting. All right. So that would be just a conventional pump. What we would consider old school, you set a basal rate, it gives it to you. You tell it how many carbs and you've preset your insulin to carb ratio and it does the thing. But I mean, honestly, every company now, Omnipod has Omnipod 5. Tandem is Control IQ. Yes. Medtronic, what is it? Is it the Mini Med? 780G. 780G. That's the new one from them. Okay. Yes. I'm pretty new. Um, so they're now, I, I mean, those are the three major pump manufacturers, right? Like I'm not missing anything. No, so, here in the States, those are the major right. ones. Yes. Or, and so wherever you live, then there might be others that you're using. But these algorithms are prevalent, they're available. Um, you know, they require you to wear a CGM at the same time. But correct. Let's say this. How do I put this? If I let you, Jenny, would you put an algorithm on everybody you could or no? I'm interested in your feedback. That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. I think I think it depends on the algorithm. Okay. I think that an well, algorithm can improve the vast majority of people with diabetes, whether it's type 1 or insulin-dependent type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. An insulin pump absolutely will be an advantage, and the algorithm within that will improve things. Right. And I think the biggest group of people with diabetes that it improves are those who, for whatever reason in life, they're just not navigating management to the degree of effectively bringing glucose levels down to a place that long-term is going to be healthy, right? right? And an algorithm, again, depending on which one, what system you're using, an algorithm can and will improve things. Mm -hmm. So for the majority of people, yes, I think it's a fantastic idea. So let's stick with that for a minute. If you are, what do you think the cutoff is in your head? If your A1C is above seven, seven and a half, an algorithm is going to help you for almost for sure if the settings are right and you're even reasonable about announcing carbs. Is that fair? Correct. Yeah. Yes. If you're rolling around with a five, five, two, a one C, you might not have that same outcome if you just let the algorithm roll. As a matter of fact, they all target, God, it's, uh, what's the target for T-Slim? It's something weird, like a hundred and Technically, we just say 110. It's 112.5. 112.5. However, you got a half, right? But yeah, 112.5 or 110. Omnipod 5, the lowest adjustable is the 110. And then Medtronic, interestingly, with their 780G, they have the lowest in an FDA-approved product, which is 100. Okay. 
but so those are still your targets. They're real. Those are your targets. And if mm-hmm. a doctor's probably listening, they're like, oh my God, you mean somebody could have 110 blood sugar most of the time? Like, yes. Like, I don't see that with anybody. But there are plenty of people who know how to use insulin in such a way and are, are, are thoughtful about it in such a way that they're achieving lower A1Cs. But I remind myself constantly, Jenny, I don't know if you run into this as well, that making the podcast, you're often talking to people who are either so lost that they're just looking for information or they're very, and maybe this is an end or so interested in doing better for themselves. It's a certain type of personality and you forget that you're, it's also a certain type of, sometimes it's a certain type of financial ability too, right? Because these people have pumps, they have, you know, CGMs oftentimes, which means they have insurance. Yep. I remind myself all the time that that's not nearly most people, you know? And so you say so easily, like, you know, I say so easily, we'll put an algorithm on, it'll help them. I don't even know if they have insurance. Correct. You know, Right. And those are, I think from a provider standpoint, those are the pieces that many are trying to understand and trying to navigate because there are so many different carriers, right? When you get into the, the, the group of people who are using Medicare, and the restrictions and the things that you have to pay attention to are Medicaid mm-hmm. or even the general um, insurance plans that are national plans. Each of them has different pieces that work in a certain way in terms of coverage. And so that may dictate product to product what you may be able to tell somebody about. I think in general, all products should be an offering. Mm-hmm. And then when you boil it down, what's available in terms of coverage. What can you use? Great. You can have your choice of all the products. Fabulous. You know, we're looking at your lifestyle next then. Right. What does your lifestyle dictate? Do you, you know, swim six times a week? Well, great. You probably may not love a tubed pump then. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of on, off, disconnect, reconnect, et cetera. Do you really want an algorithm that's a little bit, you know, less your work and more it work? or a little bit less input. You know, there are certain systems that work person to person and that's where you individualize once you know what is available to them. Yeah, so Jenny's point is if you don't understand how these different algorithms work, you can't just hand somebody it and say like here, you know, it's not like you're just handing them a lighter and and if it makes a flame at the end you're all good, right? Like it's I guess be more specific, right? OmniPod 5 is a little more we take care of it, you don't take care of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. And what do you think of the other ones? T. What is Control IQ? Is it a little more? Yeah, I think that one is the most unique of the three that are on the market. It's most unique because for those people who have fairly good settings coming from maybe a conventional pump that isn't giving that assistive help, mm-hmm. right? If they've got fairly good s- settings or they're willing to test some settings, the Control IQ system from Tandem allows the user's basal profile, insulin to carb ratio, correction factors, and everything to be used by the algorithm to adapt or not adapt, adjust up and down. Their algorithm is really simple. It takes your baseline, it adjusts up or down based on factors that are very simple. But the great thing is that it works off of a pattern that for the most part, you know, works well. Mm -hmm. You just need some help navigating, cleaning up little ups and downs that you otherwise would have to do on your own. Yeah. How about the new Medtronic? I'm starting to hear people speak really well about it. 
Yeah, the new Medtronic actually has a. I think of of the three systems on the market, it's it's auto micro boluses or it's micro corrections along the way are the most aggressive, mm-hmm. quite honestly. And a lot, of, I've heard the same thing. I only have a, a handful of people that I've been able to use it with thus far because it's again newest kind of. But it really, it it quite honestly does a lovely job. Yeah, it's adjustments in between. It's corrections for those climbs and whatnot makes it a lot less the person's job to try to navigate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a they've done a really nice job with uh, updating that. Yeah, and then there's the the newer eyelet pump, which I don't know how like readily available that is yet, but there's a pump that tells you you don't really need to do anything. Like you just tell it, I'm having a what is it a a normal large or extra large meal, something like that, and it's breakfast, yeah, it's lunch, small, or dinner. Normal. Yeah, small, large. normal, large. This is breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and it's gonna they make adjustments for you. Now, your blood sugars are gonna maybe go up from that. It's going to. I don't even know what they're saying. Like, I think they're trying to promise an A one C in the sevens, but still, for my opinion, if you're a doctor and you've got somebody running around with an eleven A one C that you're just like, look, they're not gonna take care of themselves. Well, this is a this is a great idea. Now, I don't know where that pump is with Medicare. Yeah, I yeah, don't, I don't I, know where they're at with that. Like, I know Dexcom is good with it, right? The CGMs are now. Mm-hmm. Omnipod, for, I think, has Medicare coverage. Mm-hmm. I think they all like probably yeah, do Medtronic at this point. Definitely, right. yeah, yeah. yes. I've got a couple of people I work with on Medicare who are using Tandem. Right, so. but then that's the next spot. Is that you can't just tell somebody, oh, you should get a pump. Right. Okay. Like, I don't know how to do that. Do you know how many people don't know how to do I, and. I'm not going to sit here and argue whether or not people should or shouldn't understand how to handle their lives. Okay, they should. But but if they don't, that doesn't mean they don't get an insulin pump or that they they have to have an A1C in the 11s. I think it's got to be incumbent upon the, the doctor to build an office staff that can help shepherd people through these things. No? Absolutely. Uh, an office staff that's knowledgeable in technology is really important. And I think, you know, it's one of the... It's one of the filters that when you are searching out a clinician who can help with your diabetes management, it's certainly one of those things that you can ask when you call to make a new appointment. Mm-hmm. How does your office navigate this? What technology do you understand? What's Especially if you're type 1 versus type 2, how much of the clientele that you see is type 1? Right. Right. The, all those questions are a good way to filter when you're in the search for a new endocrine provider specifically, mm-hmm. because there may very well be some that are very tied to one pump. Despite there being multiple options available, they have known and kind of gotten used to the one and they're very inclined to recommend that one versus the other ones being very likely just as good or maybe better for your personal need. Yeah. Oh, at this point, too, there's. I mean, if you live in the Midwest, upper Midwest, you very likely are being told about a Medtronic pump because the company's nearby there. And it's just sort of like a thing that's happened, right? I'm assuming back from Salesforce days where people were just probably working very from likely. a hub, you know, Omnipod is very sexy online. Like it has like a social media following. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, they have that. Like you don't see people taking pictures of their tandem pump as much as you see people taking pictures of their Omnipod, which is interesting. You never see pictures right. of people with their Medtronic pumps. But I also assume that those are more like that's slated in people who are like, well, I'll just take what the doctor tells me to get and I'm not going to think about it again. But they're all different segments, I guess is what I mean, like in business. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It, absolutely. And I think sometimes too, even in, you know, working with so many people, I've had people who were one pump for such a long time. And again, my job as a, a diabetes educator is to be able to help somebody with individualizing their what they need in their life. And we can say, well, you know what? You've been using this. You're using it really, really well. But you know that this new product, think about these things in your life. This would fit you better. You're yeah. coming up for a new pump. You know, your end of warranty is coming research this. Let's talk about this. And those are all steps that as, again, a clinician, you need to have in the forefront of your mind whenever you're working with somebody, because if you're not getting the results that you want and they're complaining because they're not getting the results that they want, but you're not changing anything, Mm -hmm. then you're kind of at a standstill, (laughs) right? Something has to change and it might be their technology. Yeah, no, very well could be. Also, I think it's important to remember that Moving from MDI to pumping or pumping to algorithm pumping feels like starting over to people and they're going to be very, a certain kind of person is going to be incredibly resistant to that. And by the way, a certain kind of person is going to be like incredibly enthusiastic, maybe more so than they should be. Like, you know what I mean? Some people jump around from devices all the time, but you know, even if it's in your head, like, hey, I think if you use the pump, like Jenny was just saying, we'd, we'd, we'd see a difference here. And the person goes, no, thanks. I don't know, like, I think you maybe should dig into that a little more because I know you're picking up the chart and going, asked about a pump check. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, don't, <laughs> don't do, don't do, don't just check a box, but there is your, that's a great point. It's mm-hmm. no, I don't think so. I mean, it begs the why, right? And if they offer some really good reasoning, I'm doing well here. I think I, I you know, I needed this there. Maybe there are some pieces that you could be more informative as to how could a pump actually improve some of the things that they're bringing in as concerns. Right, right. I'm also not talking about badgering people. I'm just saying that I've just spoken to too many people who will eventually say, my doctor asked me for years and I finally broke down and, oh, I wish I would have done that sooner. Right. Absolutely. All the time. (laughs) Yeah. Not just about pumps, CGMs paying attention to like the food I'm eating, like, like the, oh, I wish I would have paid attention sooner sentiment is wallpapered around diabetes, you know? And yes, what I'm saying is, is, is there not a way to say something, do something, ask a question that leads to people, you know, right. giving it harder consideration and, and moving. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think your know, technology is for those who are who have grown in the years with diabetes, Mm -hmm. I think if that hasn't been a discussion that's revisited recently for somebody who's been using, as we said, more of a conventional pump, right? right? They've been on it and they're, you know, they're doing baseline, they're doing pretty good and they're kind of at this place of comfort, but there are some things that you can see could be better with some of the newer systems. Sometimes those are a little bit more in-depth discussion yeah. of bringing in, hey, you know, I know you've probably seen this. I know you've probably heard about this. Let's have a discussion about how this could really be a benefit beyond what you're doing. Right. And sometimes that that's, that's hard. Mm-hmm. The growth of technology is really, really, really moved in the past couple of years. And it's happening much more quickly now than it has in the past, which I think is also another reason why doctors are getting left behind and why I'm, t- I'm talking to people who are saying, 
at the end of my appointment the other day, the doctor asked me if I would stop and explain how my pump worked to them. Which, by the way, the person was not filled with, like, confidence when that happened. No, There's also, no. there's a two-headed argument there. At least the doctor asked. I maintain they should have asked in a way that didn't leave the person going, oh, my God, am I seeing the wrong physician? You know? Yeah. Because I can yeah. see the doctor's perspective, by the way. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't have diabetes. I don't know how this works. Can you show it to me? So, Jenny, overall, we need the doctors to understand these devices, how they work, why they're important, how they can be helpful, to help people get them help them with their insurance, that stuff, and, you know, make sure they have a choice. There's a lot of different options. Those options work for other people for important reasons. Know what those reasons are. Ask those probing questions. Make sure you're getting them on a good device. And then I just want to add from the feedback that we got from people. Oh, yes. One person said that as an older type one, they equated a pump with being a bad diabetic, which is a term you hear a lot from people. You know what I mean? Like, and so. You know that idea, like, because you know it from type 2 diabetes. Oh, if you can't control it with food, then you didn't try hard enough. So now we're going to give you a pill. Oh, the pill didn't work? Well, you're going to have to give you insulin. You must have the really bad kind. Like that progression. or Right. Or failure. Right. right? right, right. That really brings into the person with diabetes, I've clearly failed. Mm -hmm. And then you're on a slippery slope of getting them back up and acknowledging this isn't a failure, this is progression. This is many times where things navigate and let's get you using what's going to be appropriate to improve and prevent further issues down the road. It's another reason why the communication is so important because if you communicate failure to them, they might then start getting what they expect. And if they expect that they're failing, then they might let go of things. The amount of times that people just like throw their hands up because they're so frustrated is true. So you know, please let them know that getting these devices doesn't mean they're doing a poor job. This is going to help them experience something they didn't think existed. Right. Not you're doing a bad job and we need to do better. This is like, hey, you should see what exists now. Like, this is incredible. You know, come, it, sh- come try it should be put out there as a step forward, not a step back. Yeah. It should be an example of, well, this hasn't been working the way that we wanted, but you know what? If we bring this into the picture, we're going to be moving forward with your health, overall quality of life, all these things that should be given examples as why it would be positive Mm -hmm. to include this type of technology. That's where you should be explaining things as coming from a clinician standpoint so that you don't get that negative. Oh, well, I failed anyway. I guess I have to do what the doctor says. Mm -hmm. And then you do the baseline, right? You never go forward with asking for more information because clearly I've failed. I just have to deal with this new thing now and not learn any more about it. I'm going to leave this here at the end for anybody listening. And Jenny, you can do this too if you want to. I'm not pressuring you. I'm looking at my daughter's last 24 hours. She manages her diabetes the way I told her to. She understands timing. She understands how insulin works. She understands how food impacts her. She's wearing a CGM and an algorithm. Her highest blood sugar in the last 24 hours was 154. And that was a spike after a meal that lasted for no more than an hour and a half. And since then, her blood sugar has not been over 125 or under 72 for the last 24 hours. That's fabulous. That right there. That's an algorithm right there. Yay. No input, Jennifer. None. Like nobody's doing anything except announcing carbs and right. that's it. Right. So. Please, if you're a doctor and you don't know about this stuff, please learn about it because 
you could move an entire generation of people with diabetes, not forward. You could leap them. It's the difference between driving from New Jersey to Connecticut for uh, a vacation and getting on a rocket ship and going to Mars. So, yes, like, you know, we talked to talk to clinicians about, you know, educate yourself. One one step of navigating education for yourself is get in touch with your area reps. Get in touch with the clinical for all of the companies for these technology, you know, driven devices and learn about them. Many times they've got demos they can pull, bring in for button pushing and whatever. There are even online resources like Dana Tech for the clinical who, you know, if you look under their Panther services, essentially you can look up all the devices. You can play with simulated devices online. Yeah. I, I mean, they're wonderful resources for your reference. And wear a CGM. I mean, you can wear a dummy. Yeah. Like, I know you can wear like a, a like a Omnipod that's not a real pump. That's just going to give you the idea of what it's like to wear it. But you could actually wear a CGM and watch it work. Yes. That would be a big deal. And take a meter, home so you know if you have to calibrate it. <laughs> and then, and learn, <laughs> learn how, how the meter works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, learn how the meter works first. It really would be incredibly beneficial for people. Okay, Jennifer, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Arden started using a contour meter because of its accuracy, but she continues to use it because it's durable and trustworthy. If you have diabetes, you want the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. There's already so many decisions. Let me take this one off your plate. Contournext.com slash juicebox. If you know a healthcare professional that could use this series, send it to them. Or anybody else for that matter. And if you're really enjoying it, please take the time in your favorite podcast app to leave a five-star rating and a thoughtful review. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. And get those automatic downloads set up so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Diabetes Pro Tip Series is available for you from episode 1000 to 1025. And for subscribers in Apple Podcasts, you'll get those same episodes ad-free. The episode you just heard was professionally edited by Wrong Way Recording. WrongWayRecording.com.